Well, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Blessed be the name of the Lord who continues to be slow to anger towards us. He continues to be rich in mercy toward us. He is a good God regardless. You know why? He continues to take the good, he takes the bad, he takes the ugly, and he causes good to come out of it all. And that is why I continue to declare that God is good regardless. Well, welcome back to Gospel Conversations with Jermaine, where the gospel takes center stage. You're welcome. I'm so excited to have you continue to study with me. I ask that you please grab your Bible and get ready. We will continue digging in. This is, if you're taking notes, this is Power to Save Part Three. Power to Save Part Three. And today we will be doing a case study. I'm really, really excited. If you can tell by my voice already, I'm saying it. I am super excited because of what we're going to be looking at today. But before we go further, let's pray, shall we? Father, in the name of Jesus, as we continue to consider what is written, as we continue to consider what you have revealed concerning the gospel, we ask for understanding in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Open the eyes of our understanding, O oh God, that we get to that place where we have what it takes to run and to finish the race that is set before us. We believe that you have heard us. We believe that you have also answered. So for that, we say, blessed be your holy name. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we've prayed. Amen and amen. Again, this is Power to Save, part three. I hope you have your Bible with you. We're doing a case study, like I said, a case study of the Apostle Paul. And the intention is that we use this opportunity to solidify what we've already learned in the previous two sessions. I am very excited when I think of what it is that we'll be talking about today. So you can open your Bibles to Galatians chapter one, as I do a quick recap of what we've learned so far the first thing that we have under our belt i believe is that the gospel is the power that saves from the bondage of unrighteousness and ungodliness unrighteousness and ungodliness is destined for the wrath of god because god is a righteous judge who will not shove unrighteousness and ungodliness on thy carpet he will not be unrighteous to do that. He is too righteous to do that. So if the gospel is that power that delivers us, saves us, redeems us from the bondage of unrighteousness and godliness, that means that the gospel also is the way of escape from the wrath of God. The gospel spares us the judgment that is due all those who are unrighteous and ungodly. That is what makes the news so good. The next thing we learned before we look at our case study today is that it is impossible for us to discipline ourselves into becoming righteous 
that might sound controversial, but we looked at it. And if that does not make sense to you, I'll encourage you to please pause and go listen to part one and two of Power to Save again, or listen to it if you haven't listened, so that we can be on the same page doing the case study at this point. So it is not possible for us to discipline ourselves and then become righteous because righteousness or unrighteousness is about being and not doing. If we only focus on the doing or the talking or the saying, then we stay on the surface. And I'll give you an example just so we tie it in together as we move on. You cannot discipline your dog or your cat or whatever pet you have. You cannot discipline your pet into becoming a human being. No matter how well behaved, no matter how well mannered your pet is, it will never be a human being. And that's what we're talking about. The righteousness that saves, that gives us the license to escape the righteous judgment coming upon the unrighteous. That righteousness is that which is spotless, is a state of being. In Adam, as we said, we all are born unrighteous. It's a state of being. And that's the change and the transformation that has to take place in Christ Jesus. It's a spiritual change from death to life, born again from death to life. That is the step that has to happen in order to escape the righteous wrath of God. And we'll continue to build on that. But for now, I think that's enough to just... Praise God and to lift his name on high because there's no way we could have done it on our own. Now, enough of me talking. Let's let's just go to Galatians chapter one. I, I believe you've opened it already. I mean, I've done a whole lot of talking. So I believe that we're already there. So let me read. I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. Galatians chapter one, and I'll start from verse six. Galatians one, six. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. Verse eight, but even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached, to you, let him be accursed. Nine, as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. Let's pause there before we continue. And you can leave something right in Galatians 1 because we'll keep coming back to it. Now, Paul starts this section by equating Christ to the gospel. And why am I saying that? Verse six, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him, from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. 
So you're turning away from God who told you in the grace of Christ, God in Christ, you're turning away from him to a different gospel. And he says, by the way, it is not another gospel because there's no such thing. The gospel is not everything. The gospel is not just anything. The gospel is specific and precise. He says you're turning away to something else that you think is the gospel, which is not. And if you're turning away from the truth of the gospel, then you're turning away from God in Christ or Christ in God. Let's read a scripture in Romans chapter one and we'll come right back, okay? So leave something in this. It'll be easier for you to define Galatians one again. So Romans chapter one, I will just read the first three verses, okay? And then we'll go right back to Galatians 1. Romans 1, 1 to 3. Paul, a bond servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. I'll stop right there. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. In the first verse, Paul says that, He's been set apart to the gospel. So the gospel is where he lives. That's his message. That's his abode. That's what he's been called to do. The gospel is the center of who he is at this point, because that's what he is about. And in the second verse, he tells us that this gospel, by the way, it's not something new necessarily, because God promised of all. Okay? We're not dealing with that, so I'll leave it right there. But then he continues in verse 3. Still talking about the gospel, he says the gospel concerns the Son of God, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So the reason why I'm looking at this and connecting it to Galatians 1 is because he says to the Galatians, you're turning away from him because guess what? Christ is the topic of the gospel. Christ Jesus. He says the gospel was promised of old concerning his son, the son, our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the topic of the gospel. So if you're turning away from the truth of the gospel, that's equivalent to you turning away from Christ himself. That is how serious it is. Now we're back in Galatians 1 and I'll read verse 10. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bond servant of Christ. Verse 11. But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I indeed, re I neither, sorry, I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it. But it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. In essence, Paul is saying in these couple of verses, he, he's, he's expressing his integrity. When it comes to the gospel, he's very careful not to mix it with anything because of anything, because of anyone. He's saying the gospel, as we saw in, 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 in Romans chapter one, he says he's set apart to the gospel. He's not about to mix it with anything. The previous verses in Galatians that we also read, he's telling them or, or accusing them of having turned away from Christ or from the truth of the gospel. He's saying, as for me, I'm not doing that. 
I'm making known to you the gospel as it was revealed to me, not neutralizing it, not changing it for anything or for anyone. So it's all about Paul's integrity and his commitment to the truth of the gospel. Okay. And if the Holy Spirit inspired scripture, then we know that the Holy Spirit is endorsing what Apostle Paul is saying. So let's keep reading verse 13 of Galatians 1. For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. 14. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my fathers. 15. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. There's so much there, but let's try our best to break it down just a little bit before we go to the section where we'll conclude today. So he starts verse 13 by saying, you've heard, you've heard it. I mean, you've heard about Paul. If you've heard about me, then you've heard about me persecuting the church. That's how zealous I was for the traditions of the fathers. That's how committed I was. That's what my commitment was as a Jew, holding on to the law of God. Now we'll come right back again, okay? But I think this verse is important for us to read. Leviticus 24, 16. Leviticus chapter 24, verse 16. Again, we'll come right back and read those verses once again. So Leviticus chapter 24, almost there, verse 16, and this is what it says. And whoever blasphemes the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. All the congregation shall surely, shall certainly stone him, the stranger as well as him who is born in the land. When he blasphemes the name of the Lord, he shall be put to death. So let's go back to Galatians. So when Paul is talking about his zeal, it's his zeal for the law of the God that he was serving so zealously. He strongly believed that these Christians were blaspheming the name of the Lord and according to the law, upholding the law, he had to be out for their death, their condemnation, because the Bible says in what we just read, Leviticus 24, 16, they will surely be put to death. Anyone, whoever it is, who blasphemes the name of the Lord. So that's Apostle Paul's zeal. Now back to Galatians 1, verse 15, he says, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb, and called me through his grace, the first part of 16, to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the Gentiles. To reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the Gentiles. So he starts again this section by saying, God, first of all, separated me from my mother's womb. He's not talking about his physical mother's womb. He's referring to Judaism, to the law, as his mother's womb. In context, that's what he's talking about. So first of all, God had to separate him from that which made him what he was up to this point. Judaism is where his zeal was coming from. His knowledge of God, his, 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 his commitment to the law of God, all of that was connected to Judaism. The womb that begot him, that instilled that zeal in him. 
his entire knowledge of God came from there. His sustenance up to that point, at least on a spiritual level, came from the law, right? But he says that when it pleased God, God's timing, when the time came and God said it was time, the first thing God did was not to send him forth or reveal himself to him. No, the first thing God did was to separate him from Judaism. And what's the next thing? He says, when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb, but he called him through his grace. Verse 16, then he revealed Jesus in him, take note, and then he released him to go preach. Those are very important points because of where we're going. So I don't want to put a question in your mind, but you can already imagine, of course, why would God have to separate him from the law first? By the way, God is the one who gave the law, right, to the Jews. I know that the traditions of the fathers included a lot of different things that they added to it, but the core, the foundation of Judaism is of God and from God. Remember, we're doing a case study on the Apostle Paul in order to solidify what righteousness really is, what we've really become, and what the core of the gospel is. So let's go to Galatians 3, still in the book of Galatians chapter 3, and we'll read a couple of verses before bringing this to a close. We'll start from verse 13. Galatians 3, 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. It is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Christ has redeemed us from the law, from the curse of the law. We can understand if, if, if we say, like we said before, he has redeemed us from unrighteousness, redeemed us from ungodliness, redeemed us from sin. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. But he redeemed us from the law, from the curse of the law. And look at that, verse 14, so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. So if that redemption doesn't happen, the blessing of Abraham doesn't come upon the Gentiles. Second part, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So the promise of the Spirit, the indwelling of the Spirit will also not happen if the curse of the law has first of all not been taken away. So, of course, it begs a question, and we'll skip a couple of verses and go to verse 21 of Galatians 3. I'll encourage you, as I always do, please make the time to, to read through the, the chapter in context, okay? Galatians has just six chapters, so you, it'll be nice if you can make the time to read through the entire book. It will be very helpful for our studies. But for now, I'm going to verse 21 of Galatians chapter 3. Is the law then against the promises of God? You can understand why he would ask that question. He knows, he anticipates that anyone listening or reading this, of course, will ask that question. What are you saying? What are you saying? Is the law against the promises of God such that the law has to be done away with in order for us to enjoy the promises of God? What are you saying? God gave the law. But then he says, I'll, read, I'll start again from the top of verse 21 of Galatians 3. Is the Lord and against the promises of God? Certainly not. For if there had been a law given, which could have given life, truly righteousness would have been by the Lord. Oh my God, this is awesome. God is so good. Apostle Paul tells us here that 
if it was possible for the Lord to save, for the Lord to make righteous, truly righteousness then would have come by the law. There would have been no necessity for Christ to become the curse, to hang on the tree and take away the curse of the law so that we then could enjoy the promises and, and indwelling of the spirit of God. But in that same phrase, it tells us that it was impossible. There's no law that could have been given. You remember what I said from the onset? We cannot discipline ourselves into becoming righteous because the issue is deeper than doing and saying and going and coming. Certainly not. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, you see that? Righteousness, life. Truly righteousness would have been by the law. But then by the doings of the law, the dead still remain dead. Life that comes by the righteousness in Christ Jesus still could not come by the obedience. And the question is why? Verse 22, Galatians 3, verse 22. But the scripture has confined all under sin that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. 23. But before faith came, we were kept on that guard by the law, kept for the faith which would afterward be revealed. 24. Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. One more verse, 25. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a Tutor. Let's bring this to a close. I don't know if you see what I'm saying, but this is so, so, so awesome. Apostle Paul is telling us that the law had a purpose. It was not for nothing, that the purpose of the law was not to make us righteous. The purpose of the law was to keep us in check, to keep us preserved until Christ came. What does that mean? Just not for our flesh to go overboard. The law had a lot of these consequences. So even for the simple fact that you want to avoid a consequence, it will keep you in check, at least to some extent. But it doesn't change your desire. It doesn't change what you're really made of. It doesn't change what you're willing to do. So the law was there just to, to, to teach and open the eyes to know what is good, what is wrong, what God likes, what God doesn't like. But in changing, transforming us from death to life, that was not the purpose of the law. Neither could it do it. The law was not made for that. Neither could the law do that. The law was a tutor. And when Christ came, and became a curse on the tree, according to what we've just read. The curse of the law was taken away. And now by faith, look at verse 22 again, Galatians 3, 22. But the scripture has confined all on the sin, that the promise by faith in Christ Jesus might be given to those who believe. If you remember Romans 1, 16, do you remember that? I think we should read it. Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. 
same group of people. It is by faith that we access life in Christ Jesus. It is by faith that we access that which Christ offers. He's taking away the curse. He's giving life. He's taking away the bondage of unrighteousness and ungodliness. And he is giving unto us righteousness, the righteousness of Christ. That is what is good about the news. It's only possible in him. It's only possible in Christ. I don't know what you, 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 where you find yourself today, what you're struggling with, what you're battling with. But I know and I believe that the Holy Spirit of God has the assignment to convict of sin, of righteousness, of judgment. He has the assignment to enlighten that if you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, if you are born again, if you've already become a new creation, that he gives you the assurance of your salvation so that you can rejoice and begin that journey with him that is only possible with those who are already in Christ, who've already been restored to God in Christ Jesus, who've already escaped the punishment that is due those who are still unrighteous and ungodly in their spirit man. And if you're still relying and depending on your actions and your words, the things you do, the things you say, that the Holy Spirit will also convict you to look deeper and acknowledge that if you are not in Christ Jesus, if you have not become a new creation, you are not restored to God, regardless of what you're doing. If you are still having the law as your tutor, then you're still waiting in line to get to Christ. Why not do that today? Let's pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I ask, oh God, that every heart that you're talking at right now, every heart that you're talking at right now will not be hardened in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that they turn to you, Holy Spirit of God, enlighten, revive, draw to yourself. In the name of Jesus, that they give themselves to you. And for everyone who has been struggling and confusing the works of the flesh, the battle of the flesh, the struggle that goes on, the, the flesh warring against the spirit, who's been confusing that battle to not being saved, even though they are. Holy Spirit of God, whisper in their ears, even as I speak and as I pray, that they will turn to you, start their partnership with you, so that they'll begin to see the fruits of who they really have become in Christ Jesus. I give you praise, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you for spending this time with me, and I look forward to seeing you in the next session in the next episode please in the meantime go through galatians 1 through 6 it'll be a blessing to you and i look forward once again to your questions and comments until then god bless you bye bye